0: March 12th, 2020. Mr. Rob Manfred today announced that MLB has decided to suspend spring training games. This is an
1: unprecedented
2: day.
3: You may not see baseball until May. Everybody's trying to get this game back. We're
2: looking at the broader issue. Ready for whatever. I talked
3: to a lot of guys across the league, and they're all thinking the same thing. Is this, this going to work? There is no roadmap to navigate this. I love baseball, but I got to do what's right for my family sometimes. And baseball agreed to have a season. Safest and most cautious way to get
1: through a season. There are enormous concerns that they're going to be able to pull off the health and safety protocol. There's
3: a lot of questions. I just want to play baseball, so if that's what we have to do, that's what we have to do. It's going to be fun. You got 60 games. got to try to win all. Welcome
0: to The Baseball Show. I'm happy to be back. Presented by the Goose Island Beer Company. This is The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app.
4: Welcome in to our first baseball show right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. You can follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB show again, ESPN MLB show, or call us at 312-332-ESPN-332-3776 is our phone number. So we have plenty to discuss here in our first baseball show. The schedules are out indeed, and there are a number of players opting out because of COVID-19, but... Here is my first pitch, and we've got to be able to look at both teams, the Cubs and the White Sox, when the season starts. So there's only one place to start on the first show, and that's at the top with both the Cubs and the White Sox, with Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer for the Cubs and Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams for the White Sox. And for the White Sox, the White Sox were one of just four teams that failed to make the playoffs in the 2010s, under the Han Williams administration. That's 876 losses. That's a lot of Alejandro Diaz's, that's a lot of Tyler Saladino's, a lot of B.J. Shuck, a lot of Charlie Leesman in those teams. 876 losses. No playoffs and a lot of misery for Sox fans. So the Sox had a great World Series championship season back in 2005. And then the Sox slowly fell off the table in the American League. After all the years of service as a general manager for Kenny Williams, he gets bumped up to vice president of baseball operations. And Rick Hahn becomes the general manager in 2013. You know, in in my lifetime watching the White Sox, the Sox and the team has always tried to piecemeal a ball club together with veterans that were kind of long in the tooth. The Sox have had Kevin Euclid when he was toward the end of his career. They had Tom Seaver, They had Ken Griffey Jr., Dave Steeb. They were all attractions to try to bring fans to the ballpark instead of trying to find difference-making players. But after losing so much, Han said something that Kenny Williams never said, and that is the word rebuild. Go back in the archives and hear those Kenny Williams press conferences with him talking about Using words like retool or we're going to rework or we will reimagine our baseball team, but never rebuild. That's the last thing that I want to hear as a fan of baseball is that. In a major market, a large market like this one, in my hometown, Chicago, we never want to hear the word rebuild, even though we've seen it on both sides of town. As we talk about the White Sox on the baseball show with Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So you don't want to hear the word rebuild, but you have seen this on the south side of town, rebuilding for the future, and it's paying off now with stats, but what about wins? That's the thing for 2020. What about wins when it comes to the White Sox? Check out some of that homegrown talent for the Sox. The additions fill out that homegrown base from 2019. It starts with the American League hit king in Tim Anderson. 3.35 average for Tim Anderson. Think about Tim Anderson a couple of years ago. I remember him being on my on my show on Under the Hood. And I remember him talking about how he was trying to adjust to being the guy for the White Sox, just to figuring out how he could put his personal life to the side and really focus on baseball. It took him a little bit, but Tim Anderson was American League best 335 with that average. Yohan Moncada, his slash line was 315, 367, and 548. And on top of that, Giolito, 341 ERA, 228 strikeouts. He came out of nowhere. You talk about a guy that is from one side of the spectrum to the other, he became a top top the line ace for the White Sox last year. Now, can he do it this year and in years to come? We will see. But you think about not only those three, with Anderson and Moncada and Giolito, but also you think about Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert, who's on his way. Top five prospects in successive seasons. And, of course, Michael Kopech, He's a, a really solid pitching prospect. He should be back from Tommy John surgery at some point and be able to be the kind of players that they all say that he should be. And I really believe coming into this 2020 season that the Sox are a year away from being a serious contender. But once they hit their stride, they have to be perennial winners. You cannot be one of these teams where you are in the playoffs and then you just fade away and just disappear for like four or five years you cannot be one of these teams that's a one-off. You have to be able to be a perennial winner. And hats off to Han, because you've got to think about it from this standpoint. The attendance over a guaranteed rate and the interest was down for a decade or more because of poor choices made, because the Sox were spinning their wheels with like Robin Ventura with the, you know, sleeping in the dugout. You know, he's he's there and he was... Uh, again, a great player for the White Sox, but not a very good manager based on the talent that he had. But changes in the front office and a value of the minor league system and not selling off that talent the way Kenny Williams would do from time to time uh, has really going to help the Sox for the long haul. So if you're a Sox fan, there's going to be good times at 35th and VEC, which is way overdue. Don't expect the world this year, but definitely if they could be a perennial winner, that's going to be a positive for the Sox. As we talk about this on the baseball show with Jonathan Hood brought to you by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000. What about the Cubs? So when Jim Hendry was relieved of his GM duties with the Cubs, Theo Epstein walks in and takes over the mom and pop shop on the north side in 2012 uh, as president of Baseball Ops. Then Theo Epstein, uh, he hires Jed Hoyer and that two-man power trip, they eventually got the Cubs to a World Series championship. It's something I never thought I would see in my lifetime. And I remember doing the postgame show after the Cubs won the World Series and taking calls from people from coast to coast, all across the country, crying on the air on those, post- those that postgame show that I was hosting. And people were just like, wow, I can't believe that finally my team was able to win the World Series championship. And a lot of that reason is because of the players. A lot of that reason is because of Theo Epstein. I don't want Theo, especially on this show, to just be some just name. Oh, no, Theo Epstein, he's the guy for the Cubs, and so we move on to the next story. No, we got to focus on Theo Epstein, especially when we talk Cubs baseball. It's more than just the player, just more than Bryant and Rizzo and what the future is. It's about Theo Epstein, and here's why. Theo's name casts such a wide shadow on baseball. All the wins and all the championships while he was in Boston. Hell, turn on a a radio show in Boston right now. He definitely would be the source of conversation, a topic where Red Sox fans would say, yeah, we want to back right now because of the magic that Epstein was able to provide that Red Sox team. Yeah, it's about spending money. It's also spending it the right way to be able to enhance your chances for your team to win. He brought that same sprinkle, that same magic, that he had from the Red Sox, and he brought it to the north side. 2016 was magical, right, with Bryant and Rizzo and Hayward and Dexter Fowler and Baez. The pitching was stellar, and and the gateway to the championship for me was John Lester because it was up to Theo Epstein to be able to convince Lester, hey, remember Boston? Come to the Cubs. We're going to be building something, but you got to trust me. Lester could have went anywhere else uh, for a team that was going to be a contender, but Lester was the gateway to the championship for the Cubs. And Arietta and Hamill and Lackey, along with Joe Madden, creating an atmosphere of confidence and swagger and fun. It was a perfect blend for a championship team. But the question is, what happened? What happened? The championship window should be through 2021 at the end of Theo's contract. I said that at the time. I remember telling Sylvie, I go, 2016 is going to be a charmed year. I told him like in May of 2016, I said, Sylvie, this team's going to win a World Series championship because I know what a charm season looks like. Didn't believe me. And then he won the World Series. And I also said that this team should be able to ring that bell twice, at least twice. And what happened? Well, the championship window's still open, but are the Cubs going to go through it? In 2017, 92 and 70, they lost to the Dodgers in the NLCS 2018, 95 and 68 lost the wild card game, no playoffs last year in third place. So what about 2020? What does that say for 2020? What happens then? That's the big question mark, because as I tell you about the Sox in their future, where maybe it's not now, but it's going to be in the very near future. What is the future for the Chicago Cubs? So, Eric, let's open the phone lines at 312 332 ESPN. 332 3776 is our phone number here on The Baseball Show. I want to talk to you and ask you the question which team has the most intriguing future? Is it the Cubs or the White Sox? Because the future for the Cubs could be hey, this is going to, in this shortened season, in this window, Because Ross is in place as a manager, the Cubs are going to get it done now. Or they are going to get it done in 2021? Or is it the White Sox with their intriguing future because of the young players that they have? If you're a baseball fan, if you're a Cubs or Sox fan, have your voice heard every night for the baseball show. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Coming up, we're going to take your phone calls on the intriguing future. Cubs or White Sox? it will also be a poll question at ESPN1000 on Twitter. But we want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, the other thing is, is that the schedule is out for both the Cubs and Sox. We'll address that. And hear from Rick Hahn as well as Theo Epstein. What do they see from the 2020 season? We'll address that as we move forward. The baseball show is presented by Goose Island Beard Company. Jonathan Hood on ESPN1000. The
5: baseball show with Jonathan Hood. An inside look at the Cubs, the White Sox. And all of Major League Baseball.
0: Presented by Goose Island Beer Cup on
4: Chicago's Home for Sports.
5: ESPN 1000.
4: We've got the schedule here for the Cubs and the White Sox. The Cubs 2020 Series schedule. We've got four at the Reds for the Cubs, um, three against the Brewers at home, three against the Pirates, two against the Royals uh, at Coffin Stadium and at Wrigley Field. Three against the Cardinals, four against the Brewers. Those are the, some of the highlights that stand out to me. On the other side, and see, again, what really resonates. Cubs-Sox uh, at guaranteed rate. Uh, three times there and three times at Wrigley Field. Boy, that's that's going to be interesting. Four times against the Cardinals uh, at home and three at Busch Stadium. Three times against the Reds at home, uh, four at... Uh, uh, the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. It's an interesting schedule, uh, but it's it's going to be fun. That's for sure. If we if baseball gets started, this sprint will be very interesting to watch. Got the Sox here. Well, I'll give you that uh, in just a moment. Also, some
6: there's some preseason games as well. So the Cubs preseason game July 19th, 20, and 22nd against the White Sox, the White Sox and Twins.
4: I see. It says okay. All right. Um, so you want to go? You want to get tickets? <laughs> <laughs> <want> to <laughs> I, I'm
6: I'm down for Black's idea. I'll sit in the parking lot at my car with the big screen on the stadium.
4: I, I love that. I love that idea. There's no question. I love that, Eric. That that's a great idea. Um, if I'm not going to go in, I want to be able to be around other fans to be able to watch uh, this sprint for 60 games here for the baseball season. Uh, some thoughts from Rick Hahn. Rick Hahn is the general manager for the White Sox. His thoughts on the long term. Uh, in, even though we are in a short season?
1: Very pleased with where uh, the guys reported in terms of their physical readiness. Obviously, at this point, we're still limited to doing uh, some drills and some uh, live BP uh, and very limited baseball activities for the first few days as we start ramping things up. So it's going to, over the course of the next three weeks, we're going to learn more about exactly where guys are, You know how effective what they've been able to do somewhat in isolation over the last few weeks or months have, has gone. Uh, But as we see here today, certainly uh, very pleased with how everyone has shown up thus far. What we've tried to do here was never about one specific season. It was about building something for the long term and building something sustainable. So whatever progress we're able to get out of the course of a workout, out of an exhibition game, out of the course of the season and hopefully the postseason in 2020 is excellent, but it's all geared towards putting us in the best position for the long term. So any hiccups we have along the way in 2020, which are going to be inevitable, given the time uh, that we're all experiencing right now, uh, is something that we're going to be flexible and, and deal with and hopefully get through flawlessly. But we're, no point are we going to lose focus on the fact that this is about putting the guys in the best position to the long term, and, and we're going to reap as many positives as we can over the course of the next few months.
4: Rick Hahn, the general manager for the White Sox, talking there and looking at the schedule here, uh, Eric. I see in July, The Sox will start off with the Twins on July 24th through the 26th, and then Cleveland 27th through the 29th in Cleveland, and then Kansas City uh, for July 31st, August 1st, and 2nd in Kauffman Stadium. Then the Brewers, August 3rd and 4th, back home, I guess the Brewers on the 5th and 6th of August. So that's just some of the flavor of the schedule for the White Sox. Just looking at all,
6: we knew that it was going to come out in this format where – both Cubs and White Sox are going to be just basically playing the central divisions. It just leads to more head-to-heads, more rivalries. I think it's just this sort of schedule format It's going to lead to a lot more fun, intense games.
4: Yeah, so it, it's, it'll be interesting when we get baseball back, especially you know to watch the, the White Sox uh, and the Cubs and see what, this, what the season's going to bring. It'll be fun to watch. Uh, how both teams will be able to develop. Um, our poll question is, which team has the most intriguing future? Uh, on the phone lines as well, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Theo Epstein in just a moment. Let me get a call here. Our first call for the show is Tom in Glendale Heights on ESPN 1000 on the baseball show. Hey, Tom.
7: Hey, Jay Hood. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, so as a White Sox fan, I, I do think that this has the potential for a dynasty. And the reason why I say that is because not just all the young talent that they have right now, but if you look at what the White Sox have done in the draft this year and the previous year, they actually drafted some high school players, which they usually don't do. I think that that's an important shift that this organization is making to take more risks. And I like that about our team.
4: The difference between Hahn and, and Kenny Williams in a lot of ways, Tom, is is that Kenny Williams would take young talent and use it as draft capital or, or, or trade capital, trade chips. And my thought was, like, you still got to be able to build with young players at some point. He never wanted to rebuild. He never wanted to do that. But Rick Hahn saw the bigger picture. If you got ownership that's willing to allow you to do that, um, then this is what you get. And look at where the White Sox are right now. Again, I'm not saying championship, but what I'm saying is the, the organization's better off with this young talent as you have homegrown talent that's growing along with some veterans on the team. This this looks good on paper for sure.
7: I absolutely agree. And, and you know, there's, there's guys that aren't even going to be playing, probably playing this year that that we, we won't even see, probably like a, Andrew Vaughn. Andrew mm-hmm. Vaughn is my guy. That guy is going to mash. And, and I love the idea of, like, a Dane Dunning, like you know, like the White Sox have an off, you know, for the taxi service kind of you know players. Dane Dunning should just be pitching to Andrew Vaughn all the time, just like they can learn from each other. Because Andrew Vaughn is going to mash, and I think Dane Dunning could also be a very good pitcher too. So I like that concept too.
4: Tom, I'm glad you checked in. I appreciate your phone call. Now Tom leaves line open for you. 312-332-ESPN 332 3776 Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB Show. I'm uh, going to hear from Theo Epstein in just a moment. Just want to be able to point out just a few other things about last year and how things have to get better for the Cubs for next year. So we talked about in twenty seventeen how the Cubs were ninety-two and seventy, lost to the Dodgers in the NLCS in 2018, 95 and 68 lost in the wild card game. 2019, no playoffs, third place, and 2020 is a big question mark. So this is it. It's unfortunate that we only see 60 games because in 60 games of bad baseball or mediocre baseball, do you start tearing the Cubs down? Can you see a Cubs team now with no Lester, with no Bryant, with no Rizzo, the core of the team? See, the first issue to address is the Cubs defense the Cubs defense ranked 11th in NL in efficiency. Um, 11th is is not good enough. I I thought the Cubs could be a lot better defensively. You've got to be able to pick up the baseball. And the reason why that's so big for me is because Cubs pitchers struck out an additional 111 men last year, but still allowed an extra 57 hits and 72 runs. And some of those additional hits were homers. But some of those hits, they, you know, (laughs) they dropped right in there and it really hurt the Cubs in a big way. So what I look at is is that it's about fundamentals. And if Ross is that guy that can be able to bring the semblance of fundamentals back to the Cubs, that's a positive in the right direction. There was always this feeling from people on and off the record about the Cubs that Joe Madden treated his players like men, and you should. But you also have to be able to have some accountability when it comes to the Cubs. And, and so even though it's great that Madden only had – three meetings a year and uh, kept it loose. But at some point, at some point, you have to have some kind of responsibility. You've got to be able to be accountable. I thought the 2016 team was accountable. I will never say that 17, 18, these guys didn't play hard. They just couldn't hit the baseball. I hadn't seen a ball club that couldn't hit for two years. Like the Cubs, a good team. I've seen bad teams that couldn't hit for two years, but it seems seems to me, from my standpoint watching the Cubs, uh, there was a time... In, I would say, 2018, after the All-Star break, I couldn't recognize Cubs baseball offensively. I had no idea what they were doing at the plate. The approach was the the same. Firing Chili Davis was not the answer. The answer was to be able to get back and be focused again. So there was a change, and so now David Ross is the manager for this Cubs team. Some thoughts now from Theo Epstein about David Ross.
2: On top of everything else, the first-year manager faces. He has an additional burden now to... Um, lead the way, um, as far as compliance with these, with the health and safety protocols and create a culture in which, um, players are looking out not only for themselves, but for each other and, 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 and all of us and all of our families as well. And that's something that I think, um, you know, he's qualified to do based on, um, his track record of leadership and, and how the players feel about him. So he's raring to go. I think he understands the, the breadth of the job and that it's, it's maybe even a little bit uh, uh, broader, a job and, 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 and more impactful job now than it was, you know, before the pandemic hit and, and certainly up to, up to the challenge. And I will say about the, the responsibility, that's, that's something that, that we all have. You know, this is, it's not up to one manager or, one club president or anything, every single person in the organization, every player, every staff member, everyone in uniform, out of uniform, we we all have to make great decisions, exercise great discipline, hold each other accountable, collaborate, um, go into it with an open mind, um, and and exercise real personal and collective responsibility if we're going to play a baseball season um, while, while ensuring everybody's health along the way.
4: There you go, Uh, Theo Epstein, uh, the Vice President of Baseball Ops for the Cubs. As uh, we saw this earlier, the Cubs will open up against the Brewers on Friday, July 24th. They will play an afternoon game on July 25th against the Brewers at 1 p.m. on Fox. So, um, you know, right away, you can take a look at Cubs-Brewers, and you know that always – Brewers fans and Cub fans are on the edge of their seats for that matchup. That's always fun. A lot of times, especially in the Madden era, uh, the Cubs were the hammer and the Brewers were the nail. I know Brewers fans at Miller Park over the years, not happy that so many Cub fans come up there and take over Miller Park. A little bit different now here in 2020, but the point is is that that's always an interesting matchup, always intriguing to watch the Cubs and the Brewers when they go at it. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number here on the Baseball Show. Uh, We're asking you your thoughts about the future for both teams, the Cubs and the White Sox. Which team has a more intriguing future? Is it now for the Cubs? For 2020 and 2021, or is it the White Sox? If you're a Cub fan or Sox fan listening to the show right now, you can jump in and I want to get your thoughts on that as far as an intriguing future for either team. Coming up, we'll take more of your phone calls. Also, we'll open up the notebook. Boy, there's a lot of stories around Major League Baseball and baseball and the intersection of that and COVID 19. A lot of stories. We'll open up the book on that. Coming up next, The Baseball Show, presented by
0: Cubs, Sox, and so much more.
2: This is the Baseball Show with Jonathan Jonathan Hood.
0: Presented by Goose Island Beer Company.
2: On ESPN 1000.
0: And the ESPN Chicago app.
4: Follow the show on Twitter at ESPN MLB show phone lines over for you. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 our phone number. This is a show for you. If you're a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan or a major league baseball fan, this is the show for you. Um, no one's going to tell you, you shouldn't say that, or you shouldn't say this. Listen, I've been in the business for a long time and I know how some people in high places don't like certain comments made on flagship shows. Well, on this one, If you're a baseball fan, you're a diehard Cubs fan, diehard White Sox fan, Brewers, Tigers, whatever tickles your fancy when it comes to baseball, this is the show for you to have your voice heard. It's one thing for me to be preaching the sermon as I do weeknights, but it's different when you and I can be able to have the conversation. So always feel comfortable calling in. If you have some thoughts about your favorite team, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Um, We'll go back to the phone lines, and then we're going to hear from Chris Bryant. He had some interesting things to say, including um, how he looks at his future with this Cubs team. COVID-19 is a big storyline, which we'll get to uh, as well, uh, with Rick Renneria, the manager for the White Sox, and also Chris Bryant. So we'll get to all of that here as we move forward here on the baseball show. To the phone lines, Steve and Winnetka on the baseball show with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hi, Steve.
5: Yeah, good good evening, Jonathan. Um, You know, I'm so excited with the prospect of the baseball season this year for the Cubs because I look at last year and I think that team could have done so much better. But there were so many things going on with that team that were distraction. First, you had uh, you know the lame duck manager, and a lot of people felt like, okay, if you're gonna you know make up your mind, if you're not gonna extend him. Why don't you just, you know, let him go now and make the change? Because if, you, if that's in your mind that you're going to make a change, make it now rather than wait. Like, they didn't do that. Then they had Addison Russell. Is he going to be a part of the team? Is he not? You know, is he going to stay with his program? Then he goes to spring training, and then he's suspended. And, uh, and people are all talking, asking all the players about what about Addison? What do you think about having him part of this team and everything else? And yet they go on a nice run, and they're doing really well while he's suspended. Then they bring him back and for, you know, maybe it's coincidence, but maybe it's not. But after they bring him back, all of a sudden they nosedive. And, uh, and then you had, uh, you know, Ben Zobrist and all the stuff that was going on with his divorce. And he leaves the team for a while. And then he, then he's, uh, is he going to come back? It was like a big soap opera. And I, I just think that this year, uh, you know, providing we don't have all these kind of distractions, I, and I think that Ross is going to be a tremendous—not a good, not a decent—I think he's going to be a tremendous manager, and uh, I can't wait to see how they do.
4: I'm glad you checked in, Steve. Appreciate your phone call. Steve leaves line open three one two three three two ESPN. So for David Ross, this and here's how baseball works now: if you have a rapport with players or front office, or if you are someone that. Um, seems to be able to fit the bill as a manager. you be a manager in Major League Baseball. For years, it was about that first and third base coach. For years, you had to be toiling in the minor leagues, getting on the buses, up and down these dirt roads to be able to learn the game, to be a coach, to be a manager. And here's David Ross spending two, three years with ESPN, and all of a sudden... He becomes the manager for the Cubs. Now, listen, there's no question in 16 that he was the leader for this Cubs team. Grandpa Rossi was that guy. He would set some of these Cubs straight. And so I like when Ross was saying not too long ago that, you know, this whole thing about Grandpa Rossi is just so overblown. He's a guy that's intense and gets after it. Well, we're going to see, right? A storyline that we have to watch with the Cubs is David Ross someone who was on that 2016 team. He played with some of those players like Rizzo and Bryant. Can the friend in that locker room now be the boss? You know how this works, right? You work with somebody at the plant, you work somebody with someone at the job. All of a sudden that person gets elevated to becoming now your boss. Is that guy still cool? Or are you going to treat him differently? Or do you treat him with respect because he was your friend and now he is your boss? That dynamic will be interesting to watch with the Cubs as well. Chris Bryant uh, got a chance to talk to the media here on the baseball show with Jonathan Hood presented by Goose Island Beer Company here on ESPN 1000. Chris talked about a number of things, including uh, the COVID-19 test, because that is a big storyline here. As we open up our notebook here, Chris Bryant says we've had some complications with the testing.
3: Yeah, of, of course. I mean, I, I got tested on Tuesday and the second one was, what's today? Say Monday. The second one was yesterday. Um, and I know it, it sounds stupid to complain about that. And and I'm not trying to be insensitive by any means because there's a lot of people out there struggling and need tests. And, you know, I, I, I generally want that to come across. But at the same time, like, you know, MLB created this lab and did all this stuff to, you know be able to run a season. And, you know, like I said, I feel like this is one of the, I know there's going to be hiccups, you know, but you just can't hiccup with this, you know, because it could just be one day where it just ruins everything, you know, so we really got to be on top of this thing and, you know, hopefully we figure it out.
4: Chris Bryant also says he's very critical of the testing process.
3: I guess first I just want to come across the saying, I don't want to be insensitive to the people who haven't been able to get tests or, or have been in situations like that. But as the country kind of gets access to more of those, I think, you know, it's appropriate to talk about our situation here and, you know, what we were, what we agreed to was testing, you know, every other day. And we have had guys here that showed up on Sunday and hadn't gotten tested again, you know, eight seven days later you know um and then you don't get the results for two days either so that's you know nine days without knowing and i think if we really want this to to succeed you know we're gonna have to figure that out you know and i i've i wanted to play this year because i felt that it would be safe and i would feel comfortable but honestly i i don't really feel that that way um which is why i'm trying to keep my distance from everybody and wear my mask and and uh, just so that we can get this thing going. And um, I think if, if we want it to happen, if we want it to go smoothly, because this is the easy part, really. I mean, when you when you get into the season and you're traveling and you're in an airplane, you're a hotel, you're getting room service, you know, guys are, you know, who knows what people are doing, especially on the other teams too. You know, you got to rely on everybody in this whole thing. And I think if we can't really nail the easy part, which is right now, and you know, just our players, you know, <laughs> we've got a big hill to climb.
4: So that is Chris Bryant of the Chicago Cubs talking about uh, the COVID-19 test. There's a number of stories out there for major league baseball players. that are unhappy with the testing process or tests have not been able to come through where tests happened last week. They don't know if they're positive or negative. So several teams had to shut down because of not knowing the randomness of these COVID-19 tests. This could do in major league baseball if they don't set this thing right uh, Rick Reneria, the manager for the White Sox, with some thoughts about players testing positive.
8: We were surprised. Uh, you know, the guys were asymptomatic. And uh, so we'll just proceed with the protocol now to get them back safely back on the field. You know, I don't think that any of them are aware of who it is or, or, or when it happened, other than, uh, you know, the testing's done. It obviously works, they were identified and uh, the appropriate measures are being taken to continue to monitor and make sure that they are, first of all, um, feeling healthy and clear of any effects of it. And then they will be, you know, continue to be tested until they're negative and able to come back with us. Again, everyone has to make their own assessment and make the decisions. Uh, I think that, um, you know, this, this thing that's going around, as, as much as I guess maybe downplayed a lot, it, it affects a lot of people. And obviously it's a, it's a controversial way of it, way everybody seems to think uh, how it can be dealt with. But we're doing everything we can to try to minimize it. And I haven't had any conversations with anybody in regards to, you know, uh, opting out because of it.
4: Joey Gallo of the Rangers has uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Nick Markakis of the Braves has opted out of the 2020 season. Freddie Freeman of the Braves also tested positive for coronavirus. Those are some of the latest stories we have as far as COVID-19 and Major League Baseball. Uh, as you're listening to The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood, presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. So, Cubs and White Sox, we've got the schedules for both teams. Now, if you're going to gamble and do uh, take a, a, a really strong look at what you want to do with the win total for the Cubs and Sox. We talked to Gilles Gallant from com. First, I asked him about the Cubs. Uh, what's the number for the Cubs? and how should we bet it? Well, right now, we,
9: uh, the over-under is 32 wins. Uh, as far as division goes, uh, like, for example, St. Louis is 32 and a half, just a slight edge there. Uh, the Reds are 31 and a half. The NL Central is always the division that is very tightly contested anyway. So there's uh, it's only the Pirates that really have less than 30 wins uh, projected right now. Uh, so I think it's going to come down to probably the final games. Now, you're probably not going to like me when I say this. I'm actually a little down on the Cubs this year just for this specific reason, because it's a 60-game sample size. If we were working with 162, you know, the natural talent and uh, the high-end talent that the Cubs have, I believe, would just win the war of attrition when it comes to the Cardinals and Reds, even though I'm not a very big fan of uh, Cincinnati's chances either. I think only one team is going to make it out of the NL Central from a playoff standpoint. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think the Cubs could win the division or even make... a uh, a second wild card. My issue with the Cubs this year, I just am not thrilled with the pitching, and I'm sure that's something that's probably been discussed many times, uh, you know, just in, in your circle. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I mean, I know you, Darvish, gets a little bit of a get of a black sheep tag just because of how things went, uh, you know, in LA. I'm just. I'm just not as thrilled, I guess, with the Cubs. Maybe it's just the 2016 shine. just It's wore off now. Here we are in
4: 2020. But uh, uh, I'm just not
9: as uh, high on the Cubs, maybe, as compared to uh,
4: the White Sox, for example. Do you like the over or under, the 32?
9: Oh, I, I like probably the under. I think it's probably going to be right around 31-30. Again, I feel like it's going to be a razor-thin margin. I feel mm-hmm. like it, with, this, with this division specifically, I think it's going to probably be 30-31 wins.
4: So the thoughts from Gilles Galland when it comes to the Cubs. Now, what about the White Sox? The White Sox, we take a look at that team. It's a team that's on the rise. So let's take a look at the number and how we should bet the White Sox for 2020.
9: Yeah. The, uh, the White Sox are actually have a fairly identical number to the Cubs. They're a half, whereas the Cubs is 32. And the interesting wrinkle, I think you know this already, but the interesting wrinkle about uh, the MLB season is obviously they're going to be playing the NL central and AL central for most of their games. So, I'm actually a little higher on the White Sox to win the division this year. Um, right now, they uh, they are actually have fairly large odds. It's plus one eighty to make the playoffs. So I think to me that's free money. Uh, but again, we still have a sixty game season to play. Uh, I think the White Sox will go over. I think they're going to win the division. I'm not as high on Cleveland this year, and we also know like how. Terrible. Kansas, and Kansas City and uh, Detroit are from a co- competition standpoint. So I think that's going to be a lot of easy wins. Um, and then Converse like as well for the Cubs. But again, I just think when they start to play within division, that's where I think the Cubs might draw a little back. Whereas With the White Sox, I think they have a little more ease um, with some of the schedule that they have to play, especially with the talent they have on that team.
4: Gilles Gallant, uh, his thoughts from oddshark.com about the Cubs and Sox and how you should bet uh, the Cubs and Sox in this very truncated season of 60 games. We go five for five on The Baseball Show. Coming up next, it's Jonathan Hood presented by Goose Island Beer Company.
5: The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. An inside look at the Cubs, the White Sox. And all of Major League Baseball.
0: Presented by Goose Island Beer Company. On Chicago's home for sports.
5: ESPN 1000.
4: This is the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000. The ESPN Chicago app. Right now we have five topics. Five minutes. It's time for 5, four, five. Ah, indeed. Five for five as we get a chance to talk about five topics in five minutes. Eric Ostrowski, what do you have? All right. So today's
6: theme as we kick off the baseball show is comparing the exciting young 2015 Cubs to what we're hoping could be the exciting young 2020 Cubs. So I looked up five of the key themes of what that Cubs season was, and we're going to compare them to what that can be on the White Sox. Okay. So... Each question will be one minute, or each answer and question and discussion will be one minute long. As soon as the ring hits, you'll hear the ring. That means the minute's up, we go to the next one. So, First one, starting now. Cubs had a great one-two punch at the top of their rotation in Arietta and Lester. Can Giolito and Keiko match that and be a one-two punch?
4: I believe it can, and here's why. You take a look at Giolito and what he brought to the table. Someone who came out of nowhere had no idea he'd even have double digits in wins the way he did. And so you have Keiko coming over, and the one thing I've been saying a lot, Eric, and you've heard me say this a ton, you know, I want the White Sox to have their version of John Lester. And I think that Keiko could very well be that person for the Chicago White Sox. They always need a veteran pitcher in there to solidify that rotation. It's one thing to have homegrown talent like Giolito and like others that have come from the minor league system. But I just think that Keiko can solidify that White Sox rotation. So I like it. What do you think?
6: And there's already been discussions... Uh, Giolito's already brought up the influence and like the workmanship that Keiko has out there. They were both in Arizona this whole time working together. And it feels as if they're ready to jump off and become that one-two punch. <laughs> in 2015, one of the themes with Starling Castro at the shortstop at, uh, for the Cubs was they had a lot of er- errors in the infield. The White Sox happen to have a shortstop who has struggles with errors as well and Tim Anderson, and they lost a gold glover in Yelmer Sanchez at second base. And we don't know about Moncada at third too much. So what do you think about the errors in the infielding compared to the Cubs in 2015?
4: I'm just going to look at the Tim Anderson and just chalk it up with him being young and getting better at his position. I just think that he went through a lot of personal issues. I remember him being on the air with me talking about it a couple of years ago. He really had his breakout season last year. So I just think... When you have young players, there's always going to be those growing pains. And I believe that Tim Anderson will be able to break out and be better at his position. Um, Moncada and and what he is over at third base. You think about Moncada, not just offensively, but defensively as well. Different position, yes, but a guy that I think that could be able to flourish.
6: Uh, In his rookie year, -year 25-year-old Kyle Hendricks was strong. He was about a 500 pitcher in the season. But he really ate up innings. So I ask you: Will the combination of Dylan Cease and Kopech be able to have the season that Kyle Hendricks had?
4: Your lips to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, ooh, uh, Cease looks so good. Uh, just for the, again, a, a brief moment, right? I would like to look at 2011 and say that he could be able to be that guy. And of course, we're talking about two different pitchers here because when we see Cease, we see a guy there that can be able to throw the, hard, the ball really hard. So um, the hope is is that Cease can step in there and be that guy. I would trust Cease in that spot even more so than Lopez. Gonzalez is kind of a, um, a veteran pitcher in that rotation. But boy, you, know, you knock on wood if you're a Sox fan and want Cease to be that guy.
6: And in that 2015 season for Hendricks, he was really strong in mm-hmm. the first third, like in his early starts. And he kind of tapered off as they do with young arms. So that's even more of an opportunity for Dylan Cease to be able to. Uh, rookie of the year in 2015 was Chris Bryant. Yes. Do the White Sox have someone who can match that in Luis
5: Robert?
4: Uh, let. <laughs> uh, I will say No for 2020, but definitely in the future. And so I can't put all my chips, Eric, in the middle of the table for all of these young players to put for the blossom in 2020. But that's why we have 2021, 2022 to be able to see whether or not these kids be able to do that. I, I can't see Robert being that good off the bat to the point where he'd be to that stratosphere. Do you? Uh,
6: he can be. I mean, yeah. it's, it's exciting, but it's, it's like you said, maybe putting the cart before the horse. Um, Brian, if you remember, that was the year where they held him out for 12 days, and he right. still was able to have that fantastic season. And that's when we thought that Chris Bryant was going to be that perennial MVP.
4: Yeah, I, I think that Robert is a, a, a special player on the level that he played in. Now the major league.
6: A big theme is that was the early in Joe Madden's tenure, and the players really seem to be buying in. Do you believe this White Sox team completely buys in to Ricky Renteria?
4: They do not. Uh, I believe that Kenny Williams uh, buys into him, I think Jerry Reinsdorf does, but but here's what I have said about Rick Renneria I just think that he's got to let the young guys play and to their natural ability. I don't want them to be handcuffed like they're in Double A, where they got to bunt and sacrifice their way to wins. If I wanted Ned Yost to manage my team, I'd go get a Sox Yost jersey. That's not what I'm trying to do. This, you know, it's 2020. It's about trying to hit away, be aggressive on the base paths, and and not. It's not about playing the right way. It's about being able to be playing the aggressive Sox way, and so uh, that's. I think that when the Sox are really good, I'm not sure is going to be around.
6: I think Joe Madden is an elite manager, and Ricky yeah. Renteria can't match Joe Madden on that sense of getting players to buy it.
5: Oh,
4: <laughs> we ran out of time again. Well, that's 5 for 5 on The Baseball Show, presented by Goose Island Brewer Company. Under the Hood is next, Stunny ESPN 1000. Two minutes.
6: The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood
4: on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN
0: 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. You've been listening to The Baseball Show with Jonathan Hood. If you miss something, you can always get the podcast on your time. Click the Baseball Show tile on the new ESPN Chicago app. Join us weeknights at 6 for The Baseball Show, presented by the Goose Island Beer Company on ESPN 1000.